You're listening to the Photo Up Podcast, where we're covering photography, marketing, and business from all sides of the industry. I'm your host, New York wedding photographer, marketer, and resident sleepy person, Megan Brookelman. Welcome back to the Photo Op Podcast. Today we're chatting with Joy Michelle, Maryland wedding photographer and YouTube educator for photographers. So welcome, Joy. Hi, thank you so much. This is so fun. This is so great. So tell us a little bit about you. How did you get started on your path? Well, I am, as you said, an Annapolis wedding photographer. I am a mama and a wife and also an educator. And I got started when I got married myself. So I think like so many of us, I didn't know that you could actually do this for a living until I hired my wedding photographer. And so that was kind of my first introduction into this whole world. But at the time, I was majoring in graphic design and I was still in college. My husband and I got married super young. And so that was really what started my pivot into the whole world of photography and I kind of never looked back. I finished that degree. and But at the same time, honestly, I was in those classes looking at Creative Live and Jasmine Starr and all of the <laughs> people that we look up to. And yeah, I had totally checked out of graphic design and I, I never had a graphic design job. I moved straight into photography. And you're a photographer, but you're also an educator. You're hosting a YouTube channel. You've got courses like Hook and Book Brides. And you have a really cool Facebook group that I love participating in conversations in. So how did you actually get started educating photographers? Yeah, I. so it all started on YouTube. I uploaded a What's in My Camera Bag video at the end of, I think it was 2016. And I was really just testing the waters, trying to gauge what people were interested in. At the time, my little brother had a very successful YouTube channel, and he was just ragging on me being like, you got to get on YouTube. And I what? kind of, I thought he was crazy. I was like, well, I don't really know what I would talk about, and I don't think anyone would care. And he would call me up, and he lived in New Jersey at the time, and I was here in Maryland, and so we would talk on the phone. And he would just tell me about the success that he was experiencing on YouTube. And he kind of talked me into it. And I thought about it for a long time before I actually did it. But another thing that pushed me over the edge was that while I'm not going to say that there wasn't a lot of education online at the time, it felt like there wasn't the education that really got into like the nitty gritty of business for photographers, especially wedding photographers. And at, when I was starting out, it kind of felt like you had to pay to play to get that information. And no, no matter who I reached out to in my area, you had to pay to get that information, whether it be a mentorship or a workshop. And so I just wanted to share a little bit more transparently about what goes into running a photography business. And that's that's how it started. But I didn't start taking it really seriously and uploading weekly until I think it was the beginning of 2017. And I've tried to be pretty consistent ever since. And you're focusing a lot on branding and marketing. Can you explain a bit about what that really means for photographers? Yeah. I mean, as a small business owner in general, branding and marketing are two essential elements. And I think that what so often business owners, but especially photographers get wrong is an overemphasis on one or the other and not working them in conjunction with each other. Because 
your marketing can be a whole lot simpler and a whole lot more targeted and a whole lot more affordable if you know where you're coming from as a brand and that on that branding standpoint. So I really talk about that a lot and build out the foundations of what that looks like on my photography channel. But I also talk about that in Hook and Book Brides. And I've just found that when you let those two pieces of your business talk to each other, you are just more effective overall at breaking through the noise and really being heard and finding the right clients for you in your business. And is your education focused on primarily wedding photographers or do you think it's kind of applicable to different genres of photography? I do focus a lot on building successful wedding photography businesses, but many of my community are portrait photographers and even filmmakers because there is so much that I do that is a little bit more universal to photography. I have videos on posing and flash photography and gear, just talking about you know the, the nerdy stuff and how we back up our files and stuff like that. So I do have a bit of a broader audience, but I would say there's a pretty good amount of us that are wedding photographers just because I show a lot of behind the scenes of shooting weddings. And so that attracts wedding photographers. And speaking of wedding photographers, it is the middle of coronavirus season while we are recording this. So Joy, how are you? Oh my goodness. I... It's, it's a minute by minute. I feel good right now, but I might not feel super good later and that's okay. You know, the future is very uncertain, but I'm doing everything that I can to market myself now, be seen and heard now so that when this does blow over and it will blow over, we just don't know when, uh, I will still have a business, you know? <laughs> So you're, you're kind of preparing for that season of abundance. Absolutely. I think now is really the time to show up. Um, I, I have worked with a lot of photographers, obviously, on the education side. And when we've been talking and coaching and even inside of the Photo Boss Facebook group, a lot of people are saying that they don't know how to show up right now or they just they don't know what to say. And they're just very emotionally upset and, you know, for good reason, right? But I am encouraging them to continue to think about ways that they can serve their audience, continue to show up because people are home and people are still planning for the future. You know, brides, grooms, couples, they are still planning their weddings. So it's important that you're still top of mind and you're growing in that trust. And I think what's important right now is to market yourself does not always mean to be selling yourself. So it doesn't always mean you're pushing a sale. It can mean that you're just building trust and nurturing those leads that you do have for when things do become more predictable, when we are allowed to leave our homes. For sure. And so you think that photographers, you know, in their downtime right now, since I think most of us are being faced with downtime, um, you think they should be working on marketing and branding efforts? I do. And I think you know, branding is such a broad topic. And sometimes photographers think that that is visual branding. So logos, colors, fonts. And while that definitely falls under branding, branding is more than that. It is also your packaging, your company values, your client experience. Um, it's really you and how you present yourself to the world. So there are so many other aspects of your branding that you could work out, go deeper on, and get clearer on so that when you go to market yourself, you can stand out even further. When you talk about values and client experience, can you elaborate a little bit more on that? I feel like that's very like wedding photographer specific jargon that maybe some people might not get yet. 
Oh yeah, absolutely. So I think I I use beliefs and values kind of interchangeably. And I think most brands have a set of beliefs that they have built their businesses upon. And so it's important that we as photographers share in that and have sat down and really thought about why we're doing what we're doing, what makes us a little bit different and why our clients should work with us maybe above someone else for those specific reasons. So if you are all about printed goods, heirlooms, having these images that you're taking be passed down for generation after generation, you might want to craft a story around that. Explain what that means to you, what your parents' wedding pictures mean to you, and why you love doing that for your clients. And that can be very rooted in a belief that your clients will very likely share with you. So it's kind of a connection point where Somebody could be on Instagram, they could stumble across your work, and they love your work, yes, but they love why you're doing your work even more than that. And that can make you more memorable, which is what all of us want right now. And for the people who are having a really hard time finding that motivation right now, how are you pushing through this? Oh, gosh, that's a good question. Okay, so so many people have given advice. They're telling you what to do, telling you how to show up, telling you how to be recession-proof. But one person I was reading, they were saying, you know, none of us really know. We're all feeling the same feelings. And none of us have been through this. Where This is a point in history. So I think it's kind of comforting that nobody has the guide. Nobody has the answer key to what's going on. <laughs> so we all just have to push forward for our couples. So I, I have booked clients for this year and I have my students and I have my own business aspirations. And I think that they're still worth pursuing. And so I am getting after it for those reasons. And, you know, I have my own motivators. I have my daughter and I have things that I want to accomplish in my business that I am just not willing to let go of. And that's really keeping me going. I think that's fair. And I think it's also important for photographers right now to remember, you know, it's important to stay motivated, but also to give yourself the time that you need right now to find some balance and kind mm -hmm. of recharge your batteries because this is completely unprecedented territory. And we do know that, you know, eventually people are going to want to celebrate and have events and hug each other again. Yeah. And and right now is the time to prepare. And that can also mean preparing yourself emotionally. I love that. I think that's such a good point because we don't want to be serving from an empty tank. You don't want to get down to E on your car or on your body, you know? So if if and when the this decides to start making its way out, it wraps up, we start, you know, some of these um, self-quarantines are lifted, things like that. We just don't want to be operating from a place of really just being depleted because we forgot to take care of ourselves. We forgot to um, so have some self-care mixed in. And I think that that's a really good point that you've made. What is your self-care right now? My self-care? Okay. So not a ton because I am a mom <laughs> and I don't have super predictable childcare as I think everybody listening can really relate to at this time. Um, but when she goes to sleep at night, I am all about a bubble bath, a glass of wine, catching up on a Netflix show, stuff like that, just giving me a chance to turn off my brain because, you know, as business owners, it kind of feels like 
you know, we can set our hours for ourselves, but it can really stretch into this like never ending, you're kind of always working feeling. And that's really exhausting for your brain and for your body. So that that gives me a chance to kind of just check out, you know, listen to a book, be with myself, and it really refuels me. Thank you for sharing that. I mean, I feel like a lot of us can relate to, especially a glass of wine at the end of the day right now, you know, just taking it easy. Yeah, or um, the middle of the day. Who knows what time it is anymore? <laughs> it's airport rules right now. Wine can start wherever. Exactly. I am all about that. Um, now, switching over to marketing and branding for those who are feeling either a rush of motivation right now or want to prepare for whenever, you know, that that kind of hits them. What are some common mistakes you see photographers making when they're trying to define their brand? Yeah. So the first mistake that I see is photographers looking to other people's brands when they're trying to build out their own, whether this is looking at other people's websites, looking at other people's words, their about me sections. The thing about that is this is not going to yield a powerful and authentic personal brand obviously, because it's rooted in someone else's brand. And that kind of leads me to number two, which is not establishing what success means to you. So that's a mistake that I see so oftentimes, because before we can build towards anything, we need to know where we're headed. And I knew personally that I didn't want to shoot 40 plus weddings per year. And I had my reasons that I wanted to work with less clients, maybe have more weekends off. And I also wanted to pursue maybe other kinds of photography. So there could be people listening that want to photograph seniors or um, brand sessions or things like that. So they needed to leave some space in their calendar. And so for that reason, even though so many of the people that I looked up to in the photography industry were shooting you know, 40 plus weddings a year, I knew that wasn't going to make me feel successful. Chasing 40 weddings a year was not going to fulfill me when it came down to it. And so that's where you really have to start before you start build, building out a brand is thinking, what do I want? What's going to serve my life? And what's going to serve my clients best? Because we can't find that on someone else's website, right? And um, the last one is a mistake that I see is leaving you out of your brand, your personality, your values, like we talked about before, these are going to be what give you that big differentiating factor and help you to stand out. So weaving elements of you and your personality are not only going to be ways that you stand out and that you're memorable, making connection points with your potential clients, but they're also things that are really hard for other people to compete on because no one's going to be better at being you than you. All right, so let's talk marketing. You have some of the most beautiful and thoughtful marketing tips on your YouTube channel, and they really leave a lasting impression on clients. They've changed my business. I know that um, incorporating gift boxes, for example, into our photography business has really changed our client experience overall. So can you talk about what a client experience really means? Yeah, I mean, client experience is huge because this is happening whether we realize it or not. And the experience that your client has working with you determines a lot about where your business is headed because I really believe that marketing is very people-driven now. It's about word of mouth. It's about reviews. It's about what they're sharing on social media. And so it's really, really important to realize that how we're treating our clients right now is 
really indicative of where things are headed in the future. And sometimes I see photographers saying that they really, really want more clients, they want more business, and they can sometimes even forget to love on and really be excellent with the clients that they currently have. And how do photographers start mapping out that client experience? What does that look like? So I always suggest the first step is to pull out a sheet of paper and really write down almost like a timeline of what a potential client would experience by working with you and working with your brand. So that could start with how they originally found you, maybe where they reached out, what that first email is like, whether that's in the DMs or actually over on your website's inquiry form, and mapping that whole journey out so that you can actually see it visually. And a lot of times that will show you kind of gaps or areas that you could work on and get stronger in because you start to see that that experience begins before they even book with you and that it extends even past when you photograph them. The next thing is to ask yourself how you want your clients to feel. So if you know where your values lie in your business and you've done some of that deep work to cultivate those beliefs, you can say, okay, I know what I want them to feel. And then you can work backwards to say, all right, at which point in this journey can I add in a a gift or go above and beyond? Where am I under-promising and over-delivering? And that will give you some really good areas that you could maybe circle on that map and say, this is where I'm going to focus on doubling down, getting even better, over-delivering with them. And then the next thing is you can brainstorm ways uh, that are in alignment with your brand. And then finally, I always encourage photographers to look for ways that they can automate this process because I don't want you to burn out and working with lots of different clients and trying to give them this really excellent experience can be super time consuming. So I look for ways that I can automate that. A great example of this is in client gifting, in your email automations. I do all of that through HoneyBook, but I try to have every touch point of my journey kind of pre-written out. I know what kind of um, education or blog posts or magazines I'm going to send my clients to help them to get to the next step, to help them to never feel like they're not sure what's happening. And another good way of knowing that you might need to add to your client experience is If your clients are emailing you, asking you what's next, that's a really great indicator that you could preemptively add to your timeline saying, here's what's next, here's what's coming. So they kind of always know what's going on and they never wonder like, oh, maybe I should email them. I, I don't really know what we're doing right now. And you don't want your clients to feel that way. And do you use any sort of systems for messaging your clients and kind of managing that? HoneyBook. Everything I do with my business is through HoneyBook. I have all of my workflows, all of my email templates, contracts, invoicing, everything is just in one place. And I did not have a client management software for many years in the beginning of my business because I didn't think I needed it. I thought, you know, I have 15 or so weddings. I think I can manage it. Um, But things would fall through the cracks. If I'm being really honest, I would forget to invoice my couple sometimes or um, follow up with them and give them 
the blog posts that I had written for what they could wear to their engagement sessions or how they could plan out their wedding day timeline or if, if they should have a first look or not. All these things that I had poured so much time and effort into, not all of my couples were even really seeing. So it was really hard to give a consistent client experience until I decided, you know what, I'm going to do it. I'm going to go for it. And I picked HoneyBook. You know, you could use any slew of softwares that are out there. I think the important thing is that you do load everything that you can into that software so that you're not writing the same email 10 times over in a given day. Um, and as you answer frequently asked questions, you can create templates of that. But the really beautiful thing about HoneyBook is that, you know, I can book my sessions in HoneyBook. I can send a scheduling link to my couples if I want to do a 30-minute consultation through HoneyBook. And it's really nice because it's all on my phone. There's an app. I can check in as I'm doing the mom thing. If I get a notification, I don't feel like I'm missing anything. And it keeps me out of my inbox because everything really does live within HoneyBook. I don't think I've ever heard a CRM actually honestly described like that where, you know, honestly, things are falling through the cracks in your business and having that management software for that purpose, not just for, you know, the the concept of organizing things, you know, for really protecting your client experience overall. That's super important to consider. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because as things happen, you know, unpredictable in life, like right now, or even just, you know, having a baby last year, being pregnant throughout all of my weddings the year before, of course, that was something that I just knew it was happening kind of on autopilot, that it would send me reminders when it was time for me to send that questionnaire. It would send me reminders when I needed, to, it actually would just do payment reminders automatically, which I loved um, because it looks like just an automated thing, which I feel like is really great, kind of takes out that feeling like you're asking them for money <laughs> and makes it very professional and automated. And it's, it's also great because they can save their information, their payment information, so that it just starts automatically billing them. And a lot of my clients actually choose to do that because they don't really want to have to think about it. And so it just takes that back and forth away from the exchange and makes it so much more about the experience of getting their photographs taken, planning out their beautiful wedding day, and just being able to focus on that and getting married, which is the whole point. Now, you just mentioned a couple of years ago, you were pregnant shooting weddings. And I want to hear a bit about that experience if you're willing to talk about it. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean that. So she, Clara, my little girl, Clara, she's 14 months now. Um, so I became a mom last year. And so pretty much all of my weddings for 2018, I was pregnant with her and it went pretty well. I it was totally uncharted territory for me. I had a lot of backups. I made sure that I had photographers that in my network that I knew really well that were not working that day or could help me out in some way. So I tried to line up lots of backups just for my own peace of mind. Even though it was a healthy pregnancy, I felt really good. I just wanted to make sure that I could give my clients an excellent experience regardless of what would happen with me. So that was something that made me feel a lot better. And I do work with an assistant at all of my weddings. So I will say if anybody's expecting or thinking, you know, someday they might be shooting a wedding expecting, I highly recommend working with an assistant because um, I always joke that my assistant keeps me fed and keeps me watered and tells me to sit down <laughs> because that's huge. And comfy shoes are going to take you all the way. So you just got to like leave all of the aesthetics at the door. 
<laughs> for a minute there and just wear the comfy shoes and you got to pair back on the gear a little bit. I know personally, I shoot with two camera bodies almost the entire wedding day. And that becomes a little bit crazy when you're also carrying a human being. And so I had to re imagine, you know, pair it back. And that's good because it really forced me to get creative and realize, you know, I don't need the 70 to 200 and another lens <laughs> on my body at all times. Um, so yeah, it was, it was a really interesting experience, but I do talk a little bit more about that inside of my photo boss Facebook group. I have a video dedicated to the tips and the tricks for planning a maternity leave and photographing weddings while pregnant, where I just link a couple things that I found really useful. So if anybody's interested in that, that is inside of the Photoboss group. Go join the Photoboss Facebook group. Do it. <laughs> it's very good. Thank you. <laughs> and uh, at what point in your business did you decide that an assistant was necessary? Was it when you were pregnant or even before that? I've actually worked with an assistant from probably maybe like my second year doing weddings. It kind of just happened. So I had a good friend of mine. I actually photographed her wedding and she decided she wanted to be a second shooter. So I was training her to be a second shooter. So she was kind of assisting slash second shooting. And then I also had my paid second shooter there that I could count on that had photographed weddings, that kind of thing. So there was kind of the team of three of us. And what happened was my assistant decided she didn't, didn't want to be the second shooter. She loved assisting me. And so I work with the exact same assistant at all of my weddings. And it's just been such a blessing because she knows how I work. She knows I get in the zone and I'm super intense on wedding days. And she just takes really good care of me and knows what lenses I need. And she does a lot of my behind the scenes footage. She's followed me around with a GoPro on the wedding day. <laughs> and that's kind of how that happened. I never set out to work with an assistant at every single wedding, but now I cannot imagine not having one. That's incredible. And I feel like I have gone on curious tangents. So I want to bring it back to marketing. And when it does come to marketing, that means all sorts of things. It can mean social media marketing, advertising, connecting with venues, connecting with planners. What are some things that brand new photographers should be considering when it comes to their marketing efforts? And I say brand new photographers, but let's be real. We're all working on our marketing right now. Oh, yeah. I mean, marketing is something that I used to think was you do it and then you get the clients and then you come back to it, almost like this weird cycle of turning it on and turning it off. And I've learned that every business is constantly marketing, them, marketing themselves if they want to have that consistent flow of clients. So regardless of where somebody might be at with their business, whether they want to fill up that client roster or they just want to make sure that it stays full, you should be marketing. And I think that this is just a great thing to be thinking about I think about marketing at its very core when you really strip it down. It's just any activity or creation that communicates what you do and gets new people on your business and aware of what you're doing, right? So I think that a really affordable and incredible way to do this is to think about your content that you create and solve problems, create valuable solutions, and show up in free places and platforms. So a lot of times for us photographers, that means Instagram. But I also really encourage my students to think about ways that they can create content 
off of social media as well, just because we don't control those lands. We don't control the algorithm. And after so many shifts on Facebook, we know that you could have, you know, a thousand people like your page and only 3% will even see your posts. Of the people who've already said, raised their hand and said, I want to see this person's posts, they still don't see them. And so I really strongly encourage every photographer to have a blog and to have a newsletter list. And what value does a newsletter list bring to a photographer? I think a newsletter list is really unique and special. And it might seem like something that's a little dated. People have talked, oh, is is email still alive? And I think that when you are inundated every single day, every single person gets on their phone and they're just slammed with so many messages, so much going on. They're scrolling, they're scrolling, they're scrolling. That I think to get straight into someone's email inbox, you've already been given this invitation somewhere that lots of marketers and lots of businesses cannot get. And so to be able to go right straight to something a little bit more intimate as a private message with somebody, you're already a step ahead. Your audience is already a little bit more warmed up and you're able to deliver more targeted messages to them. And so I think it's a great way to keep your audience aware of you, that you're still working and to let them know what's coming down the pike. I've seen photographers really successfully fill out their portrait sessions, their mini sessions, or um, family sessions, especially come the holiday season, on their email list without ever bringing it to the public. And I think that's so smart because then their audience knows if they want to get on that list, if they want to get those first come, first serve spots, they have to be on that email list. And so it creates this scarcity. And we as humans want something that not everybody can have, right? So I just think there's so many ways you can leverage that as a photographer. And how are photographers building their email list? What are some ways they can actually get names onto their list? Yeah, good question. I think that first and foremost, giving them a reason to be on the list and letting them know very clearly what you're going to do with that list. How often are you going to communicate with them? What kind of things are you going to share with them? That's really important to say from the get-go just so that people have a reason to get on that list in the first place and they know what to expect. But also I think a really great way of doing this is to give them something that they want from you by exchanging it for their email address. Lots of people call this a lead magnet or a content upgrade, that kind of thing. Um, but you can do this in so many simple ways and even free email providers have ways to deliver um, a PDF or just an automatic email reply that could have an attachment or just the contents of what they're looking for within that email. So it could be, you know, your guide for how to dress for your session or what's the best time of day for your session or five ways to feel more comfortable in front of the camera and a video of you explaining all of that. But it's only for your email subscribers. So thinking about what your audience wants, what they're facing, what are some of their frustrations or pain points, and then asking yourself how you can be the solution to those pain points um, or worries that they might have about being in front of the camera or about who they should hire as their photographer, and then become an incredible solution in a way that nobody else is talking about. And you will find yourself being filling up with email subscribers because I know that that's the case for my friends and my students because as soon as they start thinking about how they can serve others, that's when it really starts happening. Your list will start to grow. 
And what is one thing you wish you knew about marketing your photography business when you first started up? I wish I had known that success in photography is not this elaborate code to be cracked. I definitely thought that when I first started and I was looking around trying to figure out what everybody else knew that I didn't. This is still more human than we realize. And we still need to treat people the way we would want to be treated. And that's where we were talking about with client experience, but I think it just rings true in business in general. I would tell myself, I don't need to have this massive budget in order to win when it comes to photography. And do you have any advice for up and coming photographers who are looking to grow their business? Educate yourself, become a lifelong learner for the duration that you have that photography business, consider yourself to be on that journey of learning and never think of it as a destination, but rather a journey and get into community. I think finding your tribe of other photographers that are doing the same as you or even a little bit differently than you is just going to give you that community to rally around you, to send you referrals, to be a resource. And that's, that's really what I needed in the very beginning and what I run to now. And I think that, you know, it's it can be a really isolating thing to run your own business, especially as a photographer. And that's where community is just crucial. All right. And to end our chat, let's go through some quick questions because photographers always love to know about other photographers. Um, so how do you define your style? Elegant, romantic, and fine art. What is in your typical wedding day kit? Oh man. Okay. So <laughs> I probably overpack a little bit and I have a couple of videos on this on both the gear side of things and then all of my non-gear things. Um, do you want me to run through that or should I just give you the links for people? Let's do the links and I'll put the links in the show notes. And what's your favorite lens to shoot with? Oh, right now I am obsessed with the 58 millimeter 1.4 by Nikon. What is one piece of equipment that you can't live without? My hold fast harness, my double camera harness. And what is something you can't live without in your business? Oh, I got to say HoneyBook. <laughs> and what would be a dream wedding for you to shoot? Honestly, anything small, intimate, on a boat with 30 or less people at sunset is just like my ideal wedding. Thank you so much for all of this valuable information you provided today. I feel like I'm going to go back and listen to this episode over and over, and I'm sure listeners will <laughs> as well. So tell our audience where they can find you. Well, thank you so much for having me. I upload weekly to YouTube at Joy Michelle Photography. And one resource that I have for photographers that might be of interest to your audience is my Attract More Dream Brides Guide. Um, and that is completely free. And it is kind of about connecting what we were talking about today with your brand and your marketing. So I can provide that link for you as well. And you can find my Facebook group at Photo Boss with Joy Michelle. Great. Well, thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. This is just an honor and a privilege, and I can't wait to continue listening. I am an avid listener of yours, so this was <laughs> so fun and surreal to be on. Thanks so much for tuning into the Photo Op Podcast. If you liked this episode, I'd love for you to leave a review and let me know what you liked and what you want to hear more of. Also, head on over to the Facebook community and participate in some conversation with fellow photographers. If you want to reach me directly, feel free to DM me at Megan Brookelman, which is linked in the show notes as well. Thanks again for listening, and I'll see you in a flash.